future Jody here. We recorded this episode way back on the 19th. I was feeling super prepared and ready to edit this over the weekend, but forgot that I had family things to do since it was the weekend before Christmas. I was then planning to edit it the few days before Christmas, but had my hands full with both my kids, being home for the holidays, and then I got sick. Anyways, it is done now. We also recorded a little episode, which I will release New Year's Day, and then later in the week, I will finally drop Shakedown Breakdown Chapter 2, Part 2, where we go into a lot of details about Canadian Nazis. Tons of fun. Just a few more things before we get into this episode. On the 19th, Ezra released an interview with Alex Jones, and I became aware that he also went on Infowars on the 18th. This fact alone is interesting and worth documenting, but nothing much was really said beyond what we have already covered. The only funny thing was Ezra comparing Alex being kicked off YouTube as the equivalent of being sent to the Soviet gulags. However, something else also caught me off guard, because Ezra keeps talking about how being kicked off YouTube is his biggest fear, and yet, at the end of his interview with Alex, Ezra basically taunts YouTube to take it down, and he posted it to the Rebels YouTube channel. It is still up as of the date of this recording, which is December 30th, and I'm not sure what to make of that, but again, something to keep an eye on in the new year. Lastly, every show since the 20th has been a year in review type show, so we haven't missed any content from the Rebels. The 20th itself, which was the last show with content, was just another anti-climate change show with nothing new to talk about. So now, the episode. But also, forgive Caitlin, she decided to make out with my cat, which you will hear at the beginning of the episode, and then she had an allergic reaction, so there will be some sniffles and sneezes, and I edited it as best as I could, but I couldn't remove all of them, so that's that. Happy New Year's, and enjoy the show. Fake, fake, fakety-fake. I'm Jody. I'm Caitlin. Welcome to Imperial News, where I spend my whole week listening to the far-right podcast Rebel News. And talk about the global takeover of the planet by the Chinese with my friend Caitlin. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This episode, we will be covering December 11th through to the 18th. How are you, Caitlin? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. You know, I've I've missed you, though. You haven't been on for a while. That's because I'm a marking slave. (laughs) I'm sure all your students are getting uh, an F++ because you're being generous this Christmas season. F++ for all. Uh, so the next few weeks are going to be a bit touch and go with uh, Christmas and the New Year's and whatnot, all the other festive experiences that people have. So we'll be recording a brief episode uh, to release sometime before the New Year uh, with predictions and futures stuff and other fun things. And I might record something short if something major comes up, but we will figure it out on the way, I guess. So uh, look forward to that. Also, I uh, should be dropping... Uh, after this, we're going to do the uh, second episode of my part two, chapter two, shakedown breakdown. And it's uh, all about Nazis. And I recommend that everyone listen to it. It seems like our shakedown episodes are slightly listened to uh, less than our, our major, or not major, the main podcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think... At least it's like a perennial one. Like going back to these shows, the stuff's going to be quasi dated, I guess. But if people like listen back, at least the shakedown ones are going to be universal to a certain extent. Uh, but it, it's it covers a lot of like awkward stuff that I think you guys would be interested in. Also, don't forget to leave us a review 
to boost our ratings this Christmas break. That would be nice. If you want to give us a Christmas gift, Christmas gift us a review or a non-denominational holiday review. <laughs> no? You're not down with the non-denominational holiday reviews? Just give us a review. Just <laughs> Say we suck if you want to. It's okay. <laughs> And also, it would be nice if we can make this show sound better. So uh, if you want, please consider donating to us on patreon.com slash imperial news. And with that, the Im- Im- Imperial Roundup? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my rebels. Hello, my rebels. I'm a good boy. I'm a weirdo. This is going to be covering like more than we usually cover in terms of like raw days, but not much happened. So it'll be all right. Uh, We'll we'll just plow through as much as we can. So on December 11th, uh, Ezra is going to talk about a bill that passed uh, setting up a committee to work on Canada-Chinese relations, Canada-China relations. And the bill was supported by all opposition parties. So Ezra is super pumped that Trudeau didn't get what he wanted out of something. Yeah. It's also uh, good for Ezra because he's super pumped that it's targeting what seems to be his main enemy of late. The Chinese. The chai The communists. Yes. Yeah. However, Ezra begins the episode with a series of random, unconnected thoughts that I thought were interesting. So he starts by trying to compare this vote... Uh, with Krechan saying that Krechan was a better leader than Trudeau. Uh, Ezra even says, even though he hated Krechan at the time, he actually looks back fondly on those times because even though Krechan said he was going to do a bunch of terrible stuff for the environment, he never did it, so he's good. What? <laughs> but I thought he was against... Well, he didn't do anything good for the environment, so therefore Ezra's happy because... Oh, okay. Right? So he's saying he was a hypocrite, and that actually was good because he didn't do all the terrible things that he said he was going to do. So it's good to be a hypocrite. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm curious. Like, is he going to look back fondly 10 years later when Trudeau never, or like, actually builds the pipeline? pipeline? (laughs) Uh, He complains as well that Christian Freeland's staff is too young, and somehow Mm -hmm. that's a problem because they, they don't know anything and they wear socks. So how about Kian? Or Keenan, or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> no, he could just go in the middle of a, a riot in Hong Kong and figure it out on his own. <laughs> so you can't no, because she wants the love. <laughs> it's just uh... you gotta give her the love. You can't just deny the cat the love. It's just the look. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, like we have two kids, so once she gets some attention, she's like, I need it all. So the next random thing he points out is he then complains about how the new prime minister of Finland is too young. And then he suggests that they are so weak that Russia is actually going to take them over. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's like, okay, bud. (laughs) That's good. And the thing is, like, you would think that that was just, like, a joke. But he, like, goes in the detail of, like, look at all these rough-looking Russians and they're just going to, like, march in there, like... It's interesting because I've been seeing a lot of articles about the Finland's prime minister. Yeah. Prime minister or president? Prime minister. I think it's prime minister. Okay, so, and how she's the youngest sitting prime minister right now. 
I think in the country, she's the youngest, right, they've ever had in Finland. Yep. Not in the world, but in, in Finland, which is, like, really cool. And people are actually, like, celebrating it and saying, wow, what a great accomplishment for her and for women. And there, there's just a lot of positive reviews. So it's interesting that he's, like, she's well, a, I mean, it's the, a failure, right? I feel like the only reason he's talking about it is for that same reason. Like, because it's been bombarding my Twitter feed as well. Yeah. And it's been on Reddit and Facebook. And I've, like, avoided clicking any of those stories. So <laughs> just, like, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. But, I mean, the other end of it, too, is, like, I keep reading some that are, like, I guess every single party in Finland is led by a women, woman now, too, or at yeah. least most of them. And part of me goes, like, they've been selling that as a good thing. And I'm like, what if one of the parties is a white nationalist party and they're led by a woman? <laughs> they have, like, a conservative party that's led yeah. by a woman. So I just, I didn't look into it. So I don't know if anything of what I just said was, like, accurate, accurate, but... I just, I refused because I, what I realized was the internet was trying to tell me that I needed to like read the story. <laughs> I was like, no, I refuse. You're not going to tell me what to read. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. I just saw this. I think you actually posted. I'm not sure. Someone posted on Facebook and it's a video of a guy interviewing people at a Trump rally. Or a lineup for a Trump rally. Yeah. And then they're talking about the impeachment hearing. And he's like, well, have you read the transcripts? And one guy's like, you don't tell me what to read. I yeah. think for myself. <laughs> and he's like, so do you think he did it? He's like, no, I believe in my president's word. And so he's like, so you you just believe people who tell you things. And he's like, yes, but you got to think for yourself. So yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Well, it's like my, did you see the tweet I sent out about my relative? No. Where uh, she posted, it was something like Franklin Graham, who's uh, Billy Graham's son or something like that. Yeah. And he's also a big uh, preacher or whatever. She posted something where he's praying for Trump or something. Ew. And I just responded to her and I was like, what would it take for you to change your mind about Trump? And she responded to me, if Trump were to deny Christ. <laughs> and I was just like, so you mean nothing? <laughs> or like none of the factual evidence matters. Just all it takes is for Trump to go, uh, second Corinthians. <laughs> uh yeah, so then the other thing, uh, again, random things. He just goes through a whole list of them. He also criticizes Jagmeet for being too young, Jagmeet Singh, and, like, complains about him using TikTok a lot. It's Jagmeet guy. Jagmeet uses TikTok, and that somehow bothers Ezra. So then that's it. So the rest of the episode is Ezra being happy about this committee. So what the, the committee is, is it's basically some sort of, like, bipartisan committee that has, like, a bunch of people on it from... Uh, every party mm -hmm. and they're going to sort of like investigate and think through uh, China relations. Mm -hmm. And I can see the merit in this because of the fact that China did arrest two of our citizens recently and like figuring out how to navigate that. Um, so anyways, but he just likes it because Trudeau was against it. So now in the interview segment, uh, we have uh, Sheila and Kian oh, <laughs> who are in Madrid and, you know, they did their whole, they went to Madrid for the conference. And you know, I'll actually donate to Rebel News if he could get someone on there that just doesn't circle jerk with him about how great he is and actually like <laughs> debates with him. So uh, last week when we had Evelyn on, Lauren Gunter pushed back twice. And okay. I was like super surprised at that. Uh, but most of the time they don't. But the, this whole Madrid thing. So I was hoping for like some like, cool information 
like, because they're at Madrid. Like, do some, like, digging. Do something, right? Yeah. And even some of the, like, the YouTube videos, like, Kian goes on a rant about how they they stored these, like, diesel generators to heat the building in, like, this cubicle thing where you can't see the generators. And he claims the reason for that is because they don't want people to know that they're diesel generators because it's a climate change <laughs> Okay. Uh, so it's, like, all conspiracy stuff like that. And, like, most of the time in the interview with Ezra, they just spend talking about Greta, like usual. And you don't learn anything new there. Well, I guess the only thing that's new is, so Kian made a video, and apparently he got footage of Greta's Tesla, showing it filled with some garbage and, like, disposable plastics. And he goes around the sort of convention thing, the summit, asking, or, like describing people the car that he saw and then got them to like they would be like oh no like don't use like disposable plastics like that and then he'd be like what if i told you it was greta's car (laughs) and then then they'd be like oh i just don't believe it like greta would never do that (laughs) so wait so he went by the car looked inside and And saw plastics like they used a water bottle or or like like a a disposable fork Like a plastic disposable fork. Okay. But here's the thing is, I have no way of verifying that this is (laughs) good. So it's like... It could have been anyone's car. Well, I mean, it was a Tesla. Like, I could definitely make that out. And it was true that they had a Tesla. No, but at a convention. So this was taken when she was in Edmonton. Oh, okay. When he stalked her in the hallways of the hotel. So why did he take a fucking picture? He filmed the contents of a car like a creepy weirdo. And the, okay. <laughs> it's it's on YouTube. You can go watch it. It's so stupid. It's like good for you, bud. Uh, but yeah, so th- they were upset. Or well, that that was their big like gotcha. But here's the even thing about those people responding is, if you actually listen to what she's saying, she's not commenting on individuals polluting and using individual plastics like that. When people respond like that, I'm like, you guys are not actually understanding the structural issues about climate change here. The issues that she's bringing up is she's saying governments are not regulating businesses enough. Governments are not stepping in enough. They're helping and privileging the economy. They're giving it, thinking it will have like this eternal growth, right? Yeah. But it doesn't. And it's it's uh, it's bound to fail at some point and it's going to be very soon, sooner than we realize. And that's what she's trying to actually comment on. And then she's doing all these things to actually make a point like, why am I a little Yeah, girl? but she used a disposable spoon, so fuck her. <laughs> like, that's just such a neolib bullshit idea. Like, you're going to change the whole fucking world because you use reusable utensils or a reusable straw that you bought into some bullshit, some company caught. Like, here's the thing about that, too. Those companies that sell those products exploit people in other countries to make them for a cheaper price and overproduce them. Which causes issues for the climate. Yeah. And that's that's what that's what I just don't understand about these arguments. No, it is stupid, but like what I wonder is because like any of these like uh ambush videos that they always do, or like the man on the street interviews that mm-hmm. they always do, is they 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 could have interviewed someone like you who was just like, I don't care that she ate with a disposable spoon because the real issues are capital and that's like a yeah. right? But 
they of course are only going to clip to the people that they think most highlight the hypocrisy that they want. So it was the fact that these people, when they responded to Kian showing the video and they would be like, Oh no, that couldn't be Greta's car. Right. That was like, got them the, like, we're going to share those people because they look super ridiculous because they can't handle it. Cause Greta's St. Greta. They're like bowing down to their Lord and can't take it that she's a hypocrite. Like that's what they're trying to get. Yeah. Uh, and they got it, so good for you, kid. And, like, that's... You flew all the way to Madrid to get footage like that? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Maybe they got a nice trip out of it. I mean, I would go to I mean, Madrid. good... Yeah, no, exactly. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> you had a trip. Have fun. Sadly, I didn't see any Mark Morano uh, walking with them. He was supposed to go with. I thought he was to supposed to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now, December 12th. Ezra covers a report on a survey about the state of racism in Canada. And he begins, of course, by stating that Canada is unlike the U.S. in terms of slavery. Therefore, racism in Canada is mostly from the do-gooders. So it's the do-gooders that are racist, not the actual racists. What? (laughs) I don't know what that means. Do-gooders are like the social justice activists that are like fighting racism are the real racists is what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Is it like a reverse racism issue? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then and then he goes, Canada can't be racist because the Underground Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, like, he doesn't say it exactly like that, but he basically starts talking about, I guess there's a film that came out recently about Harriet, the Underground yeah. yeah. And so he's like, there you go. Canada can't be racist. It happened King? in St. Catharines. Okay. Uh, and, then he, and then he talks about, he's like, even look at like, the one civil rights activist that we put up. So he goes on this thing about Viola Desmond. Have you ever heard of Viola Desmond? So she's on our $10 bill and she was denied a seat in a theater by a private citizen. And so there were no Jim Crow laws or anything like that in Canada, but there was still racial discrimination, obviously. But Ezra makes it sound like, ah, it's just someone discriminated in the theater and it got worked out. And so, and the judge ruled in her favor. So no discrimination, <laughs> like, or not no discrimination, but he's like, yeah, it's not as bad as the United States. Racism solved again. <laughs> uh, and then he just goes, also Drake is black. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like, you know, you got a Canadian celebrity that isn't white. Therefore racism over. What? Uh, <laughs> and then uh he's Isn't the weekend also canadian well he probably doesn't know who the weekend is <laughs> I'm sorry. it says we've <laughs> like, got quite a handful of black canadian like that's just such a that weird... was the first one that came to his head i guess <laughs> i don't know i feel like he might have oh he he did he named he was like he started off first with the toronto raptors and then I think he realized that they're not all Canadians. <laughs> so he goes, well, you know, some of them are Americans, but there's Drake. <laughs> but I'm confused because the Toronto Raptors won and then some of them are black on the team. Therefore, therefore racism's no- over. Because clearly if we had racism, no black people would play in a sports team. I mean, that's that's what I think he's trying to. It's like I'm trying. There's a hamster wheel going in my head right now and it's not connecting the dots like. Well, I mean, he thinks that in order for there to be racism, there needs to be, like, slavery, essentially. But because we don't have slavery, like, he, that's the thing, like, that annoys me. It's like, you, you completely miss all the more subtle forms of racism that could exist. It's not even that. It's like, look at the, I mean... Or, I mean, some of the overt racisms that yeah. do exist, right? But 
that's Ezra. So Ezra then goes on to talk about Black Lives Matter. And he goes on to talk about how it's not needed in Canada. There's a market for grievances, the same way Trudeau put Viola Desmond on the $10 bill, the same way we have an official affirmative action law in Canada called the Employment Equity Act, the same way Trudeau has racial quotas in his cabinet. We go through those motions because Trudeau and a lot of the establishment buys into the Marxism of racial grievance politics. He <laughs> takes the so-called <laughs> solutions to problems we never had, or at least didn't have in any intolerable way. There were black cowboys in Alberta a century ago. It was no big deal. It Yeehaw! Since the way it was in the Confederate States. But like I say, there's a whole industry built up around racial hucksters trying to get us to hate each other. It's a copycat thing. If America has this whole grievance industry, why shouldn't Canada? Even if we didn't have the same problems. If there's a group of black people that are trying to fight for racial injustice... I don't think it's your right as a white person to be telling that group that they don't actually face racism. No, or Caitlin, racial I'm going to play devil's advocate here, but we had black cowboys. In Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just I wanted to play that for the whole. This uh, is just it's just complete obliviousness to like the actual reality that we live in. Yeah. But there's the Marxism of racial grievance politics. Yeah, he's That's trying like to make That's like a, a really fancy cultural Marxism. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's like Jordan. It's his own terminology for Jordan Peterson's cultural Marxism. Yeah. But he's almost trying to say that this bullshit becomes marketized, and in a way, he is kind of right. There, there is, there is issues that I have on the left where they're able to sell these ideas, and I mean, you still live in a system where like no consumption's ethical, right? You still gotta make a living. You still gotta sell, right? But he makes I mean, it I sound bought, like there's I bought a bought twenty Gillette razors when they came out Did against domestic abuse. No, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna say what the fuck, Joey? No. Do I shave? Do I look like I shave? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, but this no, it's all I... natural and wild. Yeah, but there is, there is like a, he's like somewhat right that this stuff can be sold. But I think he's trying to make an argument that there's like the grievances for complaining about certain things, right? It becomes a market because it gets people jobs and it gives something for people to do. Honestly, like I hear that even from my parents. Like they'll always say like all these laws and regulations, it's just creating jobs, bullshit jobs for people to do when they don't actually understand the injustices that have happened. And another thing about that case is that's a part of Canadian history, right? Yeah. And that's why we put it on that bill is yeah. so we can celebrate that that was a part of our history. And that is at the time a scary and brave act. I mean, it's a scary thing to go through, but it's a brave act that she did. And so it's recognizing someone that actually made a difference in a very small way. I think it's great. And it's really good to see representation yeah. Of other people, right? Not just white men all the time on a dollar bill. So I think that's a fantastic. And we're going to get to a clip with, that I think makes this point a bit more obvious in a second. But I think part of it as well has to do with this notion of like gratefulness that somehow racial minorities, when they start to act up, you're just being ungrateful. Yeah. Like of all the things that we do for you. And like Esther is going to be explicit about that in a second. But I think that underlies like a lot of this. Like things are good. We don't have slavery. So why are you complaining? 
Yeah. Just shut up and, and go away. And I think that that plays a lot of it. But then, so I want to play this other clip before we get to that clip where he's a bit more explicit. Uh, because he kind of like tries to do that whole uh, meme. Why, there are no children here at the 4-H club either. Am I so out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. At least I think that's what he's doing. Uh, a new survey shows that racism isn't really a big deal in Canada, but the racism industry is furious. Let me read the headline. Racism not a big problem? Activist says survey shows Canadians in denial. <laughs> I'm not wrong. It's the children. Because, <laughs> like, I'm trying to, like, does that make sense in the context of what, like, was just said? I guess like he's quite like the person who wrote the thing he's reading is questioning whether this the survey is accurate, but they're not. But it's like the the kids aren't wrong. Where did the kids come into this picture? Those are like adults taking this. Like I have no clue what the hell he's like trying to get out there. But I was like maybe he just saw that meme and was like I'm gonna try to get it into my Beautiful. show. Yeah, I'm gonna appeal to the youths. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, youths? How do you do, fellow kids? What? So to explain what this survey is, basically somebody did a survey analyzing people's perceptions of racism. So it basically asked you uh, on a scale to one to 10, like, uh, do you think racism is over in Canada or something like mm -hmm. that? And what it found was in a lot of demographics, a lot of people think that like the issues between races are completely fine, which... This other, uh, one of the Black Lives Matter activists named Desmond Cole, he basically wrote an article responding like, Canadians are in denial of the racism, arguing that there are a lot of racial problems, and really doing a study to see how people feel about racism doesn't really get to the core that, like, there actually is racism. And when it happens, it needs to be taken seriously. And if you, like, are under the illusion that it's not actually happening, you're going to miss the cases where it yeah. is actually happening, yeah. right? And, uh... But Ezra thinks that he's he's bad for criticizing the study. I think white people are the most guilty about this country. Everyone else pretty much loves it. One more chart, page 14. Asks to visible minorities only. Will your kids face more or less racism than you? And they all say the same or less. All of them. No one in real life thinks we're racist except this grouchy, ingrate on ctv calling us all white supremacists so who who's this guy so the guy is desmond cole but you can tell what i said there like he really takes issue with the fact that desmond cole is calling out racism he's so ungrateful like why are you making a big deal about this just go away and shut up is mm -hmm. basically what yeah. Ezra is doing to this guy and that strikes me as racist <laughs> yeah no he is racist uh he then spends the rest of the segment mocking Desmond, and so I found no use in going over that. But uh, yeah, no surprise from us. That I mean, to another racist. another check on the board for Ezra being racist. Yeah. <laughs> the interview segment then is about guns. Oh, fun! And yeah, this one got a bit weird. So Ezra begins by talking about an article that addresses uh, what are called preppers. And do you know what preppers are? So they're like people who prepare for the end of the world by like storing food and guns and stuff like that. And <laughs> Yeah, I know people what? like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but just listen to how Ezra describes it. Because, like, he, you realize a lot of those people are going to be the types of people watching Ezra's show, right? Mm. So this is how Ezra talks about preppers. Why would anyone want an AR-15? Uh, the way it was phrased was, what the hell do you need an AR-15 for anyways? It's a question put to uh, firearms rights enthusiasts or preppers, people who say they're preparing for some event. <laughs> they're just preparing for some just, event. Just some event. Not some event one event may. in particular, but just an event, just in case. <laughs> you know, just an event might occur. Now, the interviews with this guy who wrote this article that was called uh, Why Would You Want an AR-15? And his name is B.J. Campbell. And he's a civil engineer who does uh, hydrology stuff having to do with, like, flood statistics or something yeah. like that. This guy believes that he's come up with a mathematical calculation for the frequencies of violent revolutions. Okay. <laughs> In particular, he's doing what he calls an historical frequency analysis which he thinks that a violent revolution in America is at about a 30% likelihood of occurring. When? Just, you gotta take his word for it. It's just what? likely. <laughs> well, I mean, like, this is the thing. I'm listening to this going, none of this makes any sense. Yeah. Because, like, how do you, how do you make sure that you know that this is such a, like, it happens at specific interviews such that it'll happen? He does some, like, weird, he kind of explains it, where it's like, you look at how many times America has had violent revolutions and then like you look at how frequently other places do and around the world and you make some sort of calculation. But like then how helpful is that? And basically, so the end of the argument is that, you know, you need a gun for the end of the world because, uh, well, basically he sum sums it up like, like this. Well, I mean, uh, let's just look at Syria for a second. If the Syrians had known that you know, 10 years later, there was going to be 10 million Syrians displaced into Europe and another half million Syrians dead in the ground out of what was going on. They would have left sooner, right? They would have left before the immigration crisis started. They would have left before all that kind of stuff. They have found someplace else to live if they'd known that that was coming. And people generally don't. I mean, you talk about the psychology of this, and I think that, you know, there are certain, you know, personality traits tend to vary you know, across all people. And if you have a natural inclination to trust authority, then you're going to dismiss this kind of analysis. And if you have a natural uh, inclination to, or sorry, to trust authority, you're going to dismiss it. If you have a natural inclination to distrust authority, you're going to be looking at this and going, God, I need to buy another box of ammo. <laughs> you know? And, and, and so that's, and that's kind of the, you know, to tie this back into the AR-15 thing. I mean, you know, when these sorts of things happen, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to, Either you're screwed and you're in a refugee caravan or you're going to try and hunker down and hopefully you have enough food. And if you have, you know, and if you do have enough food and your neighbor doesn't have enough food, but he has a gun and you don't, then guess what? You don't have enough food anymore. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he goes on to say that it's just game theory. Like, it's just game theory. If you got the food, he's got the gun. You don't That's have enough food anymore. That's not game theory. It's it's game theory. No, it's not game theory. Well, there might be some game theoretic calculations. The thing that weirded me out while listening to this is because you have this guy on sort of talking about violent revolution and how you need guns. And you weren't here, but like last week when Evelyn was on, we talked about Ezra talking about Wexit again. Okay. And he was talking about it in the context of Quebec separatism and basically saying that Wexiters need to learn from Quebec. And then immediately started talking about the FLQ uh, bombs and terrorism. 
and then goes, oh, I'm not saying terrorism is good and, like, I decry all of that. But then he goes, but it worked. (laughs) (laughs) And now, like, the next few days, he's talking to a prepper that wrote a random blog online (laughs) who's, like, advocating, like, you need guns for the coming violent revolution. And it's a bit weird. The coming apocalypse. It's just the second coming of Christ, where judgment day will happen. Is that what it is? Well, obviously, uh, Ezra, uh, as a Jew, probably doesn't think that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but he's probably more worried about like the Chai Coms coming in, uh, which you'll see coming up. He's very afraid of the Chai Coms. Okay. Now I say the Chai Coms because that's what Alex Jones calls them all the time. He calls them the Chai Coms. Chai Coms every time. That's horrible. I have yet to hear Ezra start talking about Chicoms, but one day I hope he'll start taking on that language. And then we'll know that the bridge between Alex Jones and Ezra has finally merged into one single I thought unit. I did when he went on his podcast. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Preppers? This this guy, BJ Campbell, sounds like a guest on Alex Jones' show. Yeah, for sure. Which is like, his, you know, Ezra usually has his typical fellows on the show. So having some random guy who wrote a blog... It, like it's just weird maybe he got more views from going on alex jones show so he invited someone that was more alex jonesy i don't know so to wrap up this bj campbell crap he has a blog and i decided to look at a few of the other articles that he has okay and we're not going to go into too much detail but he had one that was like a defense of essential oils <laughs> that was like weird he had one on how jordan peterson's like online therapy sessions helped him and he also has one on wokeness that was interesting because it seems like he argues against sort of like everyone's quote-unquote wokeness and then comes to a position of like we all come from an ideology and how you know we all think our perception is the right one kind of thing it's like a weird both sides kind of thing okay but the thing that annoys me about any of that is sort of like but it doesn't tell you which one's good you know, it's like, well, maybe one of these ideologies is the correct ideology and the others are... Well, he's trying shitty. to argue that, no, the, none of them are. No. You're all just, just sheeple. You're all just indoctrinated into it. That's BJ Campbell. And so I'm curious to see what's going to happen with him going forward or if that's it. That was all we get of BJ Campbell. If he's done forever. So then on the 13th, Friday the 13th, Ezra begins the episode by celebrating Boris Johnson's win. Spends most of the time calling Corbin a, a terrorist supporter and an anti-Semite, oh. which, you know, sounds like his criticisms of Trudeau. It's nothing, yeah. <laughs> nothing too surprising. Ezra then praises Boris, but also criticizes him for being pro-global warming? Pro-global warming? Like, like, he believes in it. Yeah. And Ezra doesn't like that he believes in it. And also doesn't like the fact that he rides bikes and wants Britain to be carbon neutral, which I don't think He's actually, actually wants that. I think that's like a, anyways, so I don't know. That's maybe Ezra trying to be like even handed or like, I love him, but like, oh, this environment, you know, Boris Johnson known for protecting the environment. <laughs> uh, then he goes into the whole Andrew Shear thing because that's when uh, Andrew Shear resigned. resigned. Well, he resigned the day before, but now Ezra finally gets to talk about it. And Ezra just comments on how fake Andrew is, which he's been saying for yeah. ever. And then uh, he gets into an interview with Manny Montenegrino. Oh, fun stuff. And Manny is more of you know, a conservative insider 
yeah. kind of figure. So he praises Sheer and and kind of like holds him up to be like really cool. And that he's really doing the party a favor by leaving uh, at this point rather yeah. than dragging it on or whatever. Manny also thinks that Trudeau is going to dissolve Parliament in the middle of the conservative leadership race. But Manny has been wrong before, so... <laughs> And then they uh, start listing prospective conservative leaders, and uh, I don't really care. They're all terrible. Kevin O'Leary's running. Well, of course he would. Ew. He's only pulling 7% right now. I heard Jean Charest is another one who might run, who was the liberal premier of Quebec. Like, yeah, just weird people are are running. So I guess we're going to have to cover that when that starts happening. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) So then December 16th, Trudeau released this, uh, these sort of like vague policy statements to all his cabinet ministers. And Ezra started freaking the fuck out because the heritage minister, his uh, sort of like vague comment indicated that he needs to craft regulations on like social media speech. That's like hateful and other things. Okay. And, you know, Trudeau, he, Ezra then is like, they're coming for me. <laughs> Not really, but you could tell like, yeah. that's like what's, what's going on in the back. Right. And then, uh, but that's the thing. If they're talking about hate speech and he's saying, oh, they're coming for me and he's trying to freak out, what does he then think about his own material? Well, that's the thing. It's like, I don't, that's why he can't say it as literal as I'm saying it. Yeah. For him, it's got to be like, you know, they're take, they'll take down everyone and you don't have speech anymore and freedom of speech is gone. But you know, his the panic is coming from that. They're coming for me, yeah. I think. Which is why even uh, during the InfoWars segment, you could tell that he was super worried that uh, uh, about getting taken off YouTube. That was his biggest fear he announced on InfoWars, like getting his YouTube account taken away. Which I'm kind of of the opinion, like, let's take uh, Ezra's YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he makes another comment about Angela Merkel, so I wanted to play that again. I want to tell you that I've been to Germany several times. I, I actually really love the country. I, I like the language, I like the, the people, but I get the willies when a German chancellor starts pounding the table and shouting about punishing people for having the wrong opinions. I don't know, it's just, um, it, it just rubs me the wrong way. And that just came like out of nowhere. Again, <laughs> which isn't the first time he's done this. No, but it's like, usually it's relevant to something. He's like, gotta, oh yeah, it's kind of like, you know, we're talking about Trudeau silencing free speech, just like Merkel did, and Merkel looks like Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, kind of, yeah. that's kind of what he's doing. But Ezra thinks he has found a problem with the regulation uh, that Trudeau is proposing, which is that there's some line in the new uh, NAFTA agreement, the USMCA. And he goes like, this line basically says that uh, you can't, hold the companies liable for like what is like on their sites or something like that. And so he's like, therefore they won't be able to do it. And actually, I don't know that that's the case, (laughs) Uh, but we'll get to that in a second because the next day he has someone on, he interviews someone that like addresses this point. It's a really weird interview, but uh, the best part is Ezra ends by saying, this is going to start a trade war. So not only is it going to silence speech, he thinks that it's somehow going to start a trade war with the U.S. Nice. Then Ezra has uh, uh, the perennial piece of human garbage, Barbara Kay, on <laughs> to come speak about trans people. 
And they focus on a complaint to the Human Rights Commission by parents who believe their daughter was taught that girls are not real in school. Okay. And, yeah, girls aren't real, which I don't think any <laughs> anybody argues. <laughs> not real! <laughs> uh, so not only are these parents complaining to the Human Rights Commission, but they're also grifting, so they host a blog that's, like, taking donations and, like, other stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a bit skeptical of what's happening here but we'll see where the uh the uh, complaint goes the accusation is that the teacher drew a line on the board uh with one end being girls and the other end being boys and then had kids go up and place themselves on the spectrum now i'll say this is what the parents claim yeah so who knows how much of this is true but this is what they they claim so you had boy and girl on one end and they claim that their daughter went up and put themselves as much to, like, where the girl side is. Yeah. And the teacher apparently then turned to the class and said, girls and boys aren't real. Uh, they then said that this traumatized their daughter, who now is asking critical questions about her gender. And for an example of, like, what a critical question she's asking is, is she isn't sure she wants to be a mommy. Now... Part of me is like, how, why, why is that a critical question? Like, it's a six-year-old for one, so they're going to change their mind probably as life goes on. Sure. But like, all the interviews that they've done too have all been on Christian websites uh. and Christian blogs and all this. And you can tell the angle they're taking here, which is that we want to keep and perpetuate a certain stereotypical womanhood. Yeah. And now, because there's a correlation where my daughter had this weird sexuality training and now she's starting to question the norms that we want to instill in her and there's like an uncomfortableness there well her daughter's gonna get it anyways <laughs> at some point they can't just put her in a bubble she's gonna experience other yeah other parts of life and make those decisions on her own but so. we want to keep her in the bubble yeah uh, they also complained that the teacher played a video from a youtube channel called queer kid stuff Okay. And the video basically says that there are boys, there are girls, and there's people in the middle, and it's all good. And you can be what makes you the most comfortable. Yeah, sounds horrible. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Which, t you have to know, when I watched the video, because I expected going in there where they'd be like, girls aren't real. <laughs> and the video starts off by directly saying, there are in fact girls, <laughs> there are in fact boys. And there's people who don't quite fit either category. So this story uh, is well, or sorry, these parents as well are being represented by the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, which we have mentioned before. They're friends with Ezra. I think Ezra used to be affiliated with them as well. And Ezra has had them on his show many times to talk about other trans cases that they're fighting, like at the BC Human Rights Commissions and all these other things. So yeah. You got your typical cast of characters, so we'll, I guess this is something that's going to come up. But uh, then Ezra sort of lays out this weird plan of where he sees this going and how the right can capitalize on the transphobe stuff. And it's a bit weird just saying it out loud like that. You know what? The other day I, I thought that something's going to snap when soccer moms say, hey, who's that boy on the field shoving our girls around? And then they're told, no, that's not a boy, that's a trans girl. And they say, the hell he is. 
and when this gets very real, when there's a high school where a boy says he's trans and goes into the changing room and gropes a girl or God forbid even rapes a girl. I think this is gonna get extremely real, extremely quickly when it moves out of the realm of the oises and the, you know, the classroom and into the real world uh, manifestation of this ideology. And I think that any politician, they don't even have to be conservative. They just have to be listening to their constituents. I think this is the sleeper issue. Anyone who has courage to take this on, not in a mean way, not in a bullying the trans people way, but just in the, you have gone too far, now you're the bully kind of way. Whoever speaks to this clearly and fairly, and with some compassion, by the way, whoever takes this on, I think will have tremendous political success. Even the tone of his voice there is a bit weird. Like, you'll have tremendous success. I will. I want to point out though, first, Oise or whatever he says, I think is an acronym for a teachers' college that apparently teaches like this gender fluidity stuff. Okay. So th- that's what that is. In case you're confused, uh, but the other stuff, it's like, I mean, he's not describing himself, which is weird because all him and David Menzies and them do is like harass trans people. Yeah. But he's like, but don't bully them. Be nice. So he's like almost like trying to coach someone who's better than him to try to like, or not better than him, but like more calm and rational than he is to like take up the transphobe mantle to like be transphobic. It's just a scary. And also like, this is why solidarity with the trans community is super important because hating them is now being seen as an opportunity for the far right. And they're going to keep on sort of like pushing that. Yeah, of course. I think one thing that he said that stuck out was like, oh, what happens if guys pretend to be girls and they go into the change rooms and end up raping or groping girls? And I'm like, why don't you just fucking teach your guys not to fucking do that? <laughs> well, I mean, like, what does that say about men? Yeah. Or or women or like, any, like. I was like, why don't you just like teach them not to fucking rape people? How about, how about you do that? that but in this case, idea? you have a trans, wo- like, why would a trans woman changing in a locker room i think he's trying to imply though that trans people are predators no i think he's trying to imply that what happens if a guy says he's trans and then because you have to respect that and he's not actually he's just pretending to be so he can go into a locker room and rape a girl that is what he's saying but it's but the accusation there is is really people are trans only because they want to be predators yeah right which is the transphobic part of it where it's like no people most people who are trans or there's something wrong with them and they're yeah. mentally ill. Yeah, so he's trying to get at He's just a transphobe. Ezra then discusses trans people that agree with him. So he's like, he basically announces like one of his correspondents did this clip with a, a trans person that agrees with them. And even then, he can't bring himself to pronoun them appropriately. I mean, we've talked to some people like that. Uh, our former reporter, Jessica Svetanovsky, uh, did an in-depth biography on Jonathan Yaniv. And, and Jessica interviewed a trans person who <laughs> just, that's how they want to live. And okay, fine, don't pick on him. But he or she, I don't, I'm so confused. <laughs> Do- Telling when he first, because he's like trans person. <laughs> he tried. 
Oh, he tried so hard. He, she, I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> oh, I think that was the most honest clip I've ever heard on this show. It was amazing. <laughs> I actually don't know who he, who he's talking about. Didn't go to look at the actual video, so I don't know which gen. Like nothing from what I said could I tell whether it was a woman or a man that he was referring to. He also never identifies uh, those who the trans far right people are. So you always notice whenever he's talking about trans people who support them, they're always this like Group. nameless other. Yeah. Uh, even though they exist, we talked about one. So when Evelyn was on, we talked about Blair White. And he basically got reminded of the topic because clearly she was the only one who wrote about this survey thing that happened all the way back in June. And he's covering it now because he read Blair's uh, article in the, the post-millennial okay. and basically steals all of her arguments but doesn't give her credit at all in the video. Nice. <laughs> or mention her. Or like, yeah. Uh, but anyways, I mean, Blair herself is a shitbag, so... Who cares then, right? Yeah. Uh, then in the... Uh, oh, yeah. So Ezra is worried uh, about Kay's career. Barbara Kay? Yeah. Because poor Barbara, she's... You know, you're on the National Post, but you're saying all this bad stuff. They're going to get rid of you, so... Well, Barbara, you're one of the bravest journalists in the country. You've been on this so brave. before just about anybody. I'm... Every time I see you published in the National Post, I breathe a sigh of relief because I can only imagine the pressure they're under to jettison you. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of a miracle they're holding out, and I don't want to jinx it by calling attention to it. Well, I hope Ezra jinxed it. I, I wish I had, like, some clout and get, like, Fire K trending on my Twitter. <laughs> but I don't know if, like, she's relatively unknown i guess to a wider public most people probably don't know who the hell barbara k is yeah but i mean she is a national post columnist so maybe they do uh but yeah i don't know it would be nice if these people didn't have such a big platform to spew their garbage on sadly uh unlike ezra i'm very doubtful of them losing their careers then in the mailbag segment Someone suggests that Jordan Peterson should run for the Conservatives. Oh, gross. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I thought it was fucking weird and not cool. So we're on to our last two days, and uh, we're now on the new new week. As well. well, actually, it's the second day. We're on the Tuesday, and China is building an aircraft carrier, and Ezra wants you to know that you should be afraid. Really afraid. An aircraft carrier? Think of all the things that China can do with an aircraft carrier, Caitlin. <laughs> like uh, airplanes stuff, yeah. on the carrier. Shipment. Yeah. I mean, and then the airplanes logistics can go over the world where the oceans are. Oh, I guess China doesn't have air airplanes. And did you know that Australia trained with China? I don't know why I'm supposed to be freaked out about this, but Ezra seems to be super worried. I mean... They train together, so that means China has access to all of their secrets. Oh. <laughs> that was the first half of his show, and I'm just like, okay, I've got nothing to say about this. Like, what do I debunk in that segment? You're <laughs> like, like, cool, thanks. Ezra has a guest on, and it's a professor named Adam Candub, who's from Michigan State University. So 
a legit human being to a certain extent compared to most of his other guests. Although yeah. the other I'm... people are not legitimate <laughs> human beings. They're holograms. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, okay, someone who actually works at a university is probably not to say working at a university automatically makes you credible, but like on the scale of Ezra's weird guests. Sure. But I start to doubt it after this interview. <laughs> so okay. basically, uh, Ezra wants to ask him about his theory that uh, the regulations that Trudeau wants to place on social media can't happen because of the USMCA. And his theory, so as I said, the, the theory is basically there's some line in the USMCA that says you can't regulate uh, these social media companies to be liable for the things that get posted on their sites. Adam immediately shuts him down. And basically it's like, you're wrong, and goes on. Yeah. But throughout the whole, like, video, or interview, Ezra keeps pushing him. And then by the end of the video, the guy actually comes around and agrees with Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing, and I don't... <laughs> it was just such a bizarre thing, because... And Ezra even kept saying, he's like, I'm going to repeat it again. And I know, and then, like, would repeat it again. And eventually the guy came around and agreed with him, and I don't know what that was all about. And I still don't think it is legit. Like something sounds really stupid about this argument. Uh, and so we'll, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Was he like legitimate? <laughs> like, yeah, I guess you're right. Or was he like, okay, yep, whatever you win. Shut up. <laughs> well, I think part of it is so like Ezra started arguing with him about the wording of the actual, like us, like what it says yeah. in the USMCA. And the guy kind of like goes, okay, I can see what you're saying. And he's like, but he was trying to give some explanation why it wouldn't happen. And I think like Ezra kept on trying to like soften the edges. We're like, but is it possible if someone, and yeah. then like eventually got him to agree, like in this scenario, sure, it could, like, it was just weird. Oh, so he was giving him a very specific case scenario. But the thing is, narrowed it down so the guy would just agree. Yeah. And then, but then, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. I can't even like sum it up well enough to, to sort of explain it. But it, it was just such a weird thing as I've never seen that happen before on the show. And I don't know what to make of it. And I'm still just skeptical in general of this whole thing. Because it seems weird to me that like because of something that gets passed in the USMCA that you couldn't regulate uh, something like hate speech, which is in like your, your charter or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? There's... There's just something weird about that. But anyways, that was the 17th. So then on the 18th, did Ezra mention China is building an aircraft carrier? Yeah. Okay, so he really wants you to know that China is, in fact, building an aircraft carrier. Yeah. <laughs> so we get more of that. People do need those to like import, export goods. Yeah, but what if they want to kill us all? Or indoctrinate us with the social media they're going to try to sell us. So why would like they build Huawei. an aircraft carrier? Well, why but... would they build Huawei towers in Antarctica? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's. So the rest of the episode, once he's done again fear mongering about this aircraft carrier, the whole rest of the episode of him is just playing video after video of like new Chinese technology, and going like, look how they could use this to kill. Oh <laughs> like, my god! Either kill you or like brainwash you or keep you in like a social restraint like it was just a weird episode and the thing is most of it was like unlistenable because it's like i don't speak mandarin so 
<laughs> oh, so he just played me. He just played clips. clips. <laughs> or like all you can hear is like space AG sounds like, it's like <laughs> but it was the technology stupid stuff. <laughs> like what the fuck am I listening to? Now of course like he releases for his premium uh, viewers a video, so it's like But sure, so what's the but... point of that? I guess to like force you to buy Well, I mean the other part of it, it is you need to let people know what you're doing to draw them to the premium content. So often when there's like a video heavy day, he says right at the beginning of the show, he makes like a selling pitch, like right at the beginning of the show where it's like, I really think that you need to get the premium account for days like today where we're going to show you like a lot of cool clips. Yeah. Uh, And most of the time I'll go look for the video. So like when Merkel is giving her speech, that's something big enough that there's usually a translation out there that I can go look and read the subtitles. But like when you're just playing random video of technology I've never heard of before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know how to look for that. The, so the only other thing that, uh, well, for one, I'll just summarize. The whole thing was kind of actually gross because like who knows what China's going to do with a lot of this technology. And some of it sounds pretty benign to me, but it's like he's just stoking up fear. That, yeah, that's all, all he's doing. Yeah. And uh, it's weird that this is like third or fourth week in a row where it's like China, 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 and just like all about how evil the Chinese are. Uh, So just want to flag how weird that is. But there's one moment where Ezra confuses the Big Bang show with Third Rock from the Sun. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That's nice. I just want to say those are very distinct television shows with uh, several years separating them. So Ezra is clearly stuck in the 90s. And doesn't know what the... Because what it is, it was like uh, Sheldon from The Big Bang Show. And he goes, oh, that looks like that character... Or no, he's like, that's that character from Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nope. And I knew this just by the voice. Because I'm like, oh, that's Sheldon. <laughs> oh, I don't watch The Big Bang Show. I will let my audience know in case they're like, oh my god, you watched that terrible show? Yeah, it's Big but Bang. I know who Sheldon is as a character in the world. I don't even know the actor's name. Oh, well. Fuck him. It's a big show. <laughs> so Ezra's guest is uh, Salim Mansour. Oh, yeah. gross. Our, our London... <laughs> Potential so, MP. It's amazing how much London comes up on this uh, this show. but It's because we live in do? a shithole. Jody, let's be honest. Well, I will say, so you haven't heard the Nazi episode yet, so I'll plug the Shakedown episode again. A lot of Nazis from London, Ontario. I'm not surprised by that. Very, very weird. My neighbors have a Confederate flag hanging up in there. Woo! I don't <laughs> This is not... My, the people that cleaned my building told me they have a Trump sign at their house. <sighs> and apparently people were knocking it down. And so they electrified it. Ooh. So if people come to touch it, they get electrocuted. Oh my god, London, Ontario! And how this started was someone told me to go talk to him because someone was stealing my Amazon packages. And he's like, yeah, that happens to me. This is what you have to do. And then he's like, if you want to take an extreme measure, and then told me about this Trump sign. He's just like, I don't know why the pe- people hate that man so much. That's what he said to me. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck's sakes. Like... Well, I wanted to because Salim, so Salim was the candidate for the PPC, which was the far right party. And he only got like a thousand votes. But I wonder if he could have gotten more if he wasn't brown himself. Like if even for That's some scary. like white nationalists, they're like, oh, I just can't. Uh, but the funny thing is he ran to be the conservative candidate and was denied. And the reason why he was denied was because he's a racist he's an Isl- piece of shit. Because they said he was an Islamophobe, even though he's Muslim. <laughs> 
Uh, and so that's the first thing that they discuss on the, the show. And then the funny thing is, is like, Salim's like, I'm not an Islamophobe. And then literally the next thing he says is that 90% of Muslims in North America are trying to secretly bring over Sharia law. Which, sure, buddy. <laughs> and then Ezra responds to that by talking about this. This is a, a Muslim talking point I haven't heard him raise since we've been listening, which is about this guy named uh, Omar Subadar. And he's some imam from, I think, the Brampton region. And he had written this article that was called uh, Maintaining Marriage. And it was all about what the Quran basically says yeah. about marriage. And in it, like, he discusses some of the verses which have to do with sort of uh, hitting your wife with these sticks that aren't supposed to cause pain but are supposed to still discipline. And, like, he's reading the texts, and it's yeah. a bit weird. And, of course, like, it's the Quran. It's going to be misogynistic. Yeah. And But he also covers passages that say that, like... Uh, it's outlawed in the Quran domestic abuse, so you're not supposed to beat your wives. Yeah. Is kind of what he says. So now here's the thing. When reading reading this, it didn't come across to me that he was advocating or instructing people to do this stuff. It seemed like he was sort of like being a scholar in the sense of like, this is what the Quran says. Yeah. Which is different than saying the Quran says it, now go and do it. Yeah. Right? Now even then I mean, so the extent to which he had things in there that were misogynistic, I don't think you should hit women with sticks, even if they're not supposed to cause pain. Don't hit people with sticks. Yeah. <laughs> no, nice gesture. But, uh, sure. So Ezra talks about him, though, as if uh, he was instructing people to properly beat their wives. And <laughs> not only that, like, he, he calls him a... Uh, professional coach for white uh, wife beaters oh my gosh <laughs> which to me is like again like kind of islamophobic yeah to, is. to do that salim then praises the ppc against the conservatives obviously because he's a candidate for them and then ezra asks him who should run for the conservative party as their leader yeah and salim responds with this well my opinion is very simple whoever becomes a leader will be pretty much selected by the people who run the conservative party, the elite force. And the conservative party is the twiddledum of the twiddledee, the liberal. Uh, I would put it very bluntly, uh, Ezra, the conservative party is the spare wheel in the contraption of the Laurentian establishment elite. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, so... Uh... To stick it to Salim, you too can become an original elite <laughs> by donating $5 a month to patreon.com slash imperial news. Caitlin, do you have something positive to I end the show? I do have something positive to end the show. Bring it! Then I think our uh, listeners probably already know about the situation. <laughs> and that is Mr. Trump got impeached. That is that is very good. Yesterday. Yes. Last night. That did happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was very weird because at the time it was happening, I was recording the Nazi podcast that is still not released yet. 
and then I'm just, it, there was a moment I didn't mention it in the show, but there was a moment where I paused and was like, I'm doing this fucking weird show about Nazis. While the <laughs> being yeah. So he was impeached from the house. Um, it sounds like the parties voted across party lines. So Democrats mostly voting to impeach him. The other ones to not and the other ones. I mean, Republicans, well, Justin um, Amash, who was independent because he left the Republicans, voted for it. Voted for so, impeachment. So technically one Republican okay, voted yes. Yeah. Okay. But he got kicked out of the Republicans, so he's independent. And one of the Democrats that counted as voting for or against impeachment, he's now switched to the Republicans, but he's still categorized as Democrat. So it's like... Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that happened. Um, but that means two-third majority of the House voted in favor of impeachment. So that that went through, and now it's going to go to the Senate, where you believe that it's a low chance of him getting impeached. <laughs> yep. I think uh, everyone believes that. He, oh, oh, I've been seeing some posts on social media, and people are like, we're almost there! Yeah, we got him! And I'm like... <laughs> oh, those people are going to be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah like tons <laughs> it's a little unfortunate because it's like it's not like he's on to the next step and it's a for sure thing happening it's like he's most likely not yeah but i still think it is overall good that this happened i think it at least is to some extent a signal that uh that people care about how corrupt he is yeah and it's now going to be a sort of stain on his record going forward well, you like history yeah. will always remember him as the third president to be impeached yeah another thing that you mentioned to me which i think is a good point is that depending on how people vote in favor or against the articles that will be presented yeah uh will determine if they get elected in the next election and so that's very important as well yeah susan collins in maine is like the main target because she's in one of those districts that's kind of like quote-unquote centrist but has a lot of people mad at uh trump and even Susan Collins runs on this idea of like, I don't like Trump, but I'm going to just try to do my own work. So yeah. it's like, if you vote to keep him in office, then you've tied yourself to Trump. And yeah. that makes it harder to do that kind of backtrack. Well, there's a lot of swing states as well. Yeah. That this will just expose how horrible the human being he is. And See? so they probably won't <laughs> vote in favor, right? Yeah. Uh, but who, who, who really knows, right? We still need to see who will become uh, the Democrat leader which is a fun form of entertainment in itself. Um, <laughs> Did you hear about Tulsi Gabbard? Yeah, she voted present. present. <laughs> I mean, part of so here's the thing is, I, I don't like Tulsi Gabbard no, at all. Do I. And she's in a cult, which is friggin' weird. But the, and the thing is, like, I, I really, at the end of the day, I don't care that she voted present. But there's a part of me that's like, it's hilarious. <laughs> Just like the sheer, like... I'm just going to go up there. Present. <laughs> I was here. <laughs> good for you. Oh, that was good news for me. I tweeted out. I don't know if you noticed it. No one liked it. I just tweeted out last night. Present. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people may not understand that context. No. That's why. I gave it no context. I was letting people know. You're present. I'm present. Good job. So, I mean, that's pretty exciting news, but I feel like it's not news to people right now. I'm sure our listeners have found out about this already, so... No, I mean, we can rally around the the glee 
that I think a lot of people on the left are happy that this happened. And a little bit of rejoicing and uh, feeling the love that everyone has is... Uh, it's good. It's still, you know, there was a moment yesterday where I was like, the fucking apprentice. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking president. Like, I had like... It, like I know, isn't it? It's so fucking weird. Do you ever just have moments where you're like, wait, who the fuck's the United States president? But you, you know what's weird? Is probably <laughs> people went through the same thing when Ronald Reagan was president. That's true. Because we yeah, don't know this, but he was an actor. It's true, yeah. And so it's like weird. That, Wasn't like, there another one who ran as well that was an actor, but he didn't win? Probably. I can't think off the top of my head. No, I don't know. Like the Republicans have had like a history of getting actors. <laughs> they like celebrities. demagogues. Yeah. And just like. Because well, it helps them. It's got that, that Western male kind of vibe to it. Or it's got this like. Vacant thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gonna build the wall. Uh, yeah. So not to bring down the good news segment. Let's pump it back up. He just got impeached. Yeah. <laughs> If you enjoyed what you've heard so far, please give us a few bucks over on patreon.com slash imperial news. And if you want to stay informed about what we're doing, you can also find us on Twitter at imperial news with a Z. We have an Instagram account, News Imperial. We have a private Facebook group called Imperial News. We also have a Discord set up, and you can find that link on our Twitter because I'm not going to read it out loud because it's a bunch of symbols and stuff. Lastly, you can email us any question at imperial.fake.news at gmail.com. Uh, lastly, I want to give another shout out to both Evelyn and uh, Tim who filled in this week. Uh, Tim did uh, part one and part two of our breakdown shakedown. Breakdown of shakedown, shakedown breakdown. And Evelyn did uh, the main episode last week. Also, it's nice to have Caitlin back for a bit, even though we're going to take a holiday break. So on that note, too, also happy non-denominational fun time over the holidays as well for any of you who celebrate. Try not to fight with your parents over politics. Or fight with your parents over politics, whatever you, <laughs> you prefer to do. Thank you for listening. And if you don't find anything I am saying credible, it's because you trust authority too much. Wake up, sheeple. The end is nigh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Albumbia, Albumbia, how lovely are your wheat fields.